to building a modern employer branding podcast. This is episode number 11. So last week, I spoke to you about what is a strategy and what are the benefits of a strategy from an employer branding strategy perspective. My name is Susanna Randanen, and this podcast is sponsored by my family business employee experience agency, Emine. And in this week's episode, I'm going to continue with this topic of strategy, but I'm going to answer you a question of how to choose the right kind of HR marketing strategy for your business needs. Hope you are aware, but if you're not aware, the three main choices you have for a uh, an HR marketing strategy are recruitment, marketing, and communication strategy. Then you have employer awareness strategy. And then the third one is employer branding strategy. And what seems to be very typical is to somehow get a recruitment strategy or recruitment marketing strategy and HR marketing strategy mixed. So when we talk about HR marketing, we are not talking about the act of recruiting or we are not talking about, you know, the overall HR strategy. We are talking about how to influence and impact your chosen target audiences through the means of marketing and communications. And when we talk about HR marketing, your target audiences are specifically your current or your future employees or the uh, current or future job seekers that you want to reach and influence with your marketing and communications messages. So you cannot impact every action only and just by communicating about it. Uh, So it's important to be clear about what you can and what you cannot impact with any of the three HR marketing strategy options. Otherwise, you're going to be finding yourself in a grant and unable to reach those unrealistic goals and objectives because you realize that, well, you know, I'm not the only person who is actually, uh, you know, impacting or influencing the experience or the views or the opinions of that person. So, for example, in recruitment process, many times there are, you know, other people involved in the overall recruitment process and, and influencing, for example, the candidate experiences. And it could be that the recruiter isn't solely responsible for the candidate candidate experiences, but the recruiter could be responsible for the recruitment uh, process communication, for example, and uh, when your goals and your objectives are tied into what you can do in that communication part, it's a completely different thing. So there are a few key rules uh, I wrote down to myself that I want to share with you uh, that probably will help you with making the right choice of an HR marketing strategy. Number one, is uh, companies who fully focus on recruitment and recruitment only should choose, obviously, recruitment, marketing, and communication strategy that uh, will, obviously, then be targeted towards those active job seekers that your vacancies are targeted for. 
Uh, obviously, recruitment consultancy should mo- most definitely select a recruitment uh, marketing and communication strategy because that will be directly beneficial for the success of your customer projects. And uh, oftentimes you can really build the costs into the service price as well. By the way, if you are a recruitment consultancy or a recruitment consultant, you should also have a recruiter consultant branding strategy. Now, that would be something, wouldn't it? Very well-known consumer brand companies, in my opinion, should select an employee awareness strategy because that will help you to clarify your target audiences, the difference between your consumer brand persona and promises as and then who you are as an employer and a place of work and what other promises that you can make and keep as a as an employer this is a question that i get asked is that that, that we have a, a strong consumer brand should we be employer branding i don't necessarily think so because you know branding is quite heavy and um, obviously requires a lot of resources to do it so uh, it could be enough and just uh, you know a smarter investment to choose the employee awareness strategy that is not as heavy in terms of the uh, you know the the requirements for resourcing and what needs to be done and then another uh, key rule is that well-known consumer brand companies who are venturing into a whole new segment business segment for example should on the other hand select an employer branding strategy because you are going into whole new segments where people you know are not aware of you yet where you may not have a brand at all so basically in that segment you are an unknown business so here the goal would be to position the company in the eyes of these new segments in comparison to other uh, you know competing employers who are also targeting that same talent segment We've done that a lot with, for example, banks and insurance companies over the recent years because they've been digitalizing their businesses and, you know, have uh, therefore been hiring a lot of software developers, but who obviously have not been known at all as tech employers. Also, uh, another rule is that companies operating in a highly knowledge-intensive field uh, where they experience a lot of war for specific talent should definitely opt for an employer branding strategy. This would aim to really differentiate their position from that competition, kind of like find their own box, own it, and stand out with that. And then the final rule uh, is that companies that are totally unknown and find it really difficult to to fill even the most common vacancies, they should select an employer awareness strategy. And then depending on how often they hire, they should make this strategy either a light one or a more sturdy one. But you will first need to, uh, to build employer awareness before you can and you should uh, opt for employer branding strategy. Employee awareness strategy is all about building your audience and making your audience aware of that you even exist. It's kind of hard, hard to fall in love with something uh, that you don't even know anything about. So the three options uh, are recruitment marketing and communication strategy, employer awareness strategy, and employer branding strategy. 
What I really want to tell you or remind you about a strategy is that uh, it is merely a set of decisions written on a piece of paper or a Word document or a PowerPoint presentation or whatever sort of uh, um, a format you, you have uh, saved it on. They deliver value only when they are smartly executed. So when you choose your strategy and you plan your goals and objectives, be realistic about your resources and what you can actually achieve. Because, you know, there's no reason to to draft a strategy that uh, you will never be able to execute. That's, you know, time not spent very well. So is it better to have a light strategy for one target segment, for example, than to be too ambitious and, uh, you know, find yourself that once the strategy is documented or even just halfway documented that you're, you know, you find yourself binning it and continuing with your usual strategy, you know, the, of the ad hoc actions strategy. So you cannot change with any HR marketing strategy. There's few areas in HR leadership where marketing communications really cannot make a big enough impact to actually make a difference. So make sure that your strategy isn't intended to change these with, you know, marketing communications messages because you can't. These are, for example, poor leadership resulting in poor employee experiences. You know, no uh, amount of marketing is going to change bad leadership into good one. Poor candidate or and poor customer experiences resulting in a bad company re- reputation. You can't make a reputation better unless you change what made it worse. So marketing and communications are not going to tackle those issues. You have to go where the problems are. Real shortage of uh, a specific talent in the market like uh, last week, uh, one of my customers said that they would really want to hire more women in a specific profession. But, you know, it's kind of hard because there's only one or two graduating annually, you know, females for this specific uh, degree education in Finland. So uh, and their need is to hire is like 10 times or 100 times fold. So you know, no, no amount of marketing and communications is is um, able to solve if there's a real shortage of specific talent on the market. Also, there's no uh, way for you to um, succeed with uh, your HR marketing strategy if uh, your business lacks clarity for vision and goals on the top level. Because if you don't have that, your strategy is always like a lower strategy connected to the top level strategy of the business. And if that fails, unfortunately, it's likely that your uh, own strategy will fail as well. There are three objectives that your marketing and communication strategy can impact and influence, regardless whether it's uh, recruitment related or whether it's employee awareness or employee branding related. The three objectives are, uh, objective objective number one, winning attention and growing awareness of something. Uh, Number two, placing emphasis and building affinity towards something. And number three, converting audience members into something. So those are the key objectives that you should choose in your HR marketing strategy. 
And your strategy should be focused on selecting which of these objectives or which one of these objectives are relevant to your business needs and exactly what will then be the right goals that your marketing and communications should uh, focus on in order to reach that objective, make that objective come to reality. The entire purpose and also value of your strategy is that it acts like a map uh, to us, uh, kind of like if we were to uh, start a longer journey where and we want to avoid getting lost on the way, uh, we would need to make sure that we are at the destination by a certain time and we would only have you know, a certain amount of money for petrol. Uh, so the strategy would be kind of like a plan, how you're going to make this all happen within these frames, within these kind of borderlines. I guess what I want to say is that if you already know that you are not going to stick to a plan or you will not be able to stick to a plan, then you probably shouldn't invest your time and uh, company resources into drafting a strategy. Just, you know, go with the flow and do whatever feels best at any given time. That is the most popular strategy and it's called ad hoc strategy. You can, you know, get something done with an ad hoc strategy, I guess, as well. So let's dig into these three types of strategic choices that you have so that uh, you can have a better clarity what they actually mean and how they differ from each other. So first of all, this recruitment marketing communication strategy. This type of strategy focuses obviously on the active job seekers, not the passive. Also, it focuses on those active job seekers out of all the active job seekers that are relevant and that are interesting to whatever open vacancies that you have. They are, uh, this strategy also focuses and should focus on the actual applicants in your recruitment processes. And uh, finally, also, you should include in this strategy the not now interesting, but still prospective future applicants to your processes. These are the no thank you applicants of your current processes, but uh, those no thank you applicants that you uh, feel that are, you know, potential, potentially ideal candidates for future uh, recruitment processes. So four focus areas for the recruitment marketing and communication strategy. The overall objective is to obviously to expand and engage your ideal applicant audience with the goal of improving the likelihood of filling in vacancies as cost-efficiently as possible, obviously within the deadlines of those processes. Uh, And another goal, uh, I think uh, uh, that would be a good one, is uh, to focus on providing excellent candidate experiences during those processes so that you will not tarnish your reputation or your customer's reputation and therefore end up decreasing your future audiences. The measurements of success uh, depend on your available analytics and data points, as well as your chosen marketing tactics. But some examples what to measure would be how well your marketing messages work to generate your job post and ideal audience. This is often 
the term often used here is, for example, the reach or the size of the audience. Also, how well your job post works to convert prospects into actual applicants. This would be the number of applications. Uh, also, how well your marketing messages work to convert ideal prospects into applicants. This would be the quality of your applications or how many uh, really interesting candidates you have out of all the applications that you received. Also, how much did it cost for you to convert one applicant or one quality applicant? So how much money did you spend on creating your uh, marketing collateral and uh, marketing or advertising it and divide that cost, total cost with the number of applicants received or the number of quality applicants receive. And uh, that is a really good metric to measure because obviously you want to make sure that this uh, number will increase over time. Also, what you can measure is candidate experience uh, based on the quality of your candidate communication. So obviously, uh, with recruitment marketing and communications, you cannot uh, improve uh, influence the overall candidate experience, you know, what happens during recruitment interviews, you know, how does it feel to leave your application through the uh, ATS system that is provided or that you use, but you can measure the candidate experience based on, you know, how well they were informed and so on. I think, uh, and in my experience, this kind of strategic recruitment marketing and communications can really do a lot for getting better applicants, uh, saving time for dealing with uh, unsuited applicants, and, and also minimizing the risk of poor candidate experiences, which obviously are a huge risk for, you know, loss of good reputation. And uh, all of these can make it either harder for you to succeed in your next recruitment process or can make it easier for you to succeed in your re uh, next recruitment process. The second uh, uh, strategy option, the employee awareness strategy. Employee awareness strategy is about growing your overall talent audiences and improving the awareness within those talent audiences about what your business represents and what you can offer for them. Here, it is important to differentiate what you can influence through marketing and communications and what are the elements that are influenced by the behavior and the actions during any personal encounters, uh, you know, with your existing employees, your management, your directors, and so on. Because again, you can't, you can't change poor leadership or transfer poor leadership into better leadership just by marketing and communications. The purpose of an employee awareness strategy is, uh, one, to inform and educate your current audiences about who you are, what you represent, and what you can offer your audiences as an employer, as a place of work, and as a, you know, work community. But it's also about building new audiences or expanding this existing audience, uh, you know, making it bigger, reaching more people, getting more people into your audience. I call this strategy uh, getting myself on the map of my ideal talent audiences strategy because that's what it really is about. It's kind of like getting that pin, you know, that needle on the map representing your business. And you're we're talking about their map. So when they, you know, 
open their their map what are the employers that they can see on this map and um, how do they position you in their minds who do they compare you with what do they actually know about you are you in the right you know box in their views in their eyes so the the purpose is really to become to have an existence in the eyes and the minds of your ideal audiences so when they re- uh, you know when they see your name they recognize it they have some kind of idea what you represent so in both uh, cases your employer awareness strategy is about building awareness within your current audience improving that awareness making it stronger giving them reasons to be more curious about you find out more about you and then also expanding either the size of your existing audience or building new audiences for your business the target audience members can be both active and passive job seekers when we talk about employee awareness strategy the content and messages in uh, employee awareness strategy are um I would call them informational in nature, and they're often sort of general uh, in depth, uh, and they act as great support material for also most of your recruitment marketing needs. So you can easily, you know, combine employee awareness strategy with recruitment marketing and communication strategy. But if the weight is on recruitment, then the target audience members that you're going to reach are likely to be just active job seekers. So what is success going to look like in employee awareness uh, strategy? For example, uh, more traffic and lower bounce rate on your career and website. You know, people are going to spend more time, average session time on your website can be longer. People come back, they return to your website. Uh, More applications are received in general to your open vacancies over time, or the, the more open applications than before, or the quality of your candidates are improving because they become more aware of, you know, who you are the right place of work for and who you're not, who you cannot help, or what I, how I talk about myself and as employer is that, um, you know, one of my goals as an employer is to help my employees to succeed in their career and, uh, you know, have a better overall life as a result of uh, working in my in my company. Uh, but there are some, uh, you know, there there is kind of like a, a talent personality, personality groups that I am unable to guarantee a this better life kind of experience because of the lacks that I have as a person and as as a manager so you know the more I inform our uh, talent audiences about uh, you know what I can't or what I can provide for them the better quality of our uh, job candidates will be and then employee awareness strategy you know uh, uh, one success uh, or you know a, a measure of success is also the name recognition that uh, talents approach you and make you known that they follow you or have heard about you and want to learn more so over time you will be able to see that that uh, you know they've already found out and you've given them many reasons and many places to learn more about you and if they still choose to to approach you you know you've obviously succeeded in your employer awareness strategy 
Then the third strategy is the employee branding strategy. Uh, this is, in my opinion, very uh, vital for growth companies, especially in highly competitive landscapes where there's limited number of talents, where there's shortage of talent, uh, where there's war for talent, uh, and where obviously any you know difficulty, permanent difficulty in uh, in recruitment will be a great risk or even a threat for that business's uh, ability to grow, reach their objectives, succeed in front of their customers and so on. So what's different here is that we are talking about an audience that are unlikely to be active job seekers really ever. So these are the kind of talents that the audience of uh, audience members of these talent segments are in such demand that uh, they don't really need to look for a job. So they they are really never in a position where they become active job seekers, where they, you know, read uh, job posts, search for open vacancies, you know, do this kind of research that active job seekers are doing, where they, you know, want to find more about the companies as places to work, uh, their benefits and, and so on. So these people are characterized that they are, either headhunted or they just have such great professional networks and such great caliber that they just get a new job kind of like by calling someone and saying like I need a new job do you know anybody so that's when they're picked up immediately so they're not going to be reached with uh, the typical career and job related communications and messages the purpose of an employer branding strategy is to become a clearly different and distinctive in nature as opposed and when compared to any other similar company or other companies that the talents are comparing you with. It's about getting your own box that is immediately clear to your audience what you represent, how you differ from these other options that I have. Employee branding is also very much about influencing your ideal audiences on this emotional level where employee awareness strategy is more about becoming recognized and maybe listed as one of my choices then employee branding strategy is being the choice for me the one and only place where i truly want to work for who i truly want to wait for a year or two or more who i'm going to advocate who i'm going to cheer who i'm who i'm going to encourage who i want to be associated with that's the ideal outcome of an employer branding strategy. You can achieve this as an employer, but as you can imagine, it will take your sassiness, it will take your commitment, it will take your endurance, it will require you to be bold about standing on your own feet and focusing on building these emotional connect- connections and rapport and relationships with your audience. And the better the employer brand, the more your brand will work towards pulling in just who you need and keeping out those who are not suitable for your business, for your values, for your culture, for your team, or who you cannot give better employee experiences. As you can recognize, this is a very different ballgame to recruitment marketing and growing your employer awareness. A couple of weeks ago, I had a, a training session with my personal trainer that I've been training with for like five years now on a you know, a few times a week basis. Uh, And she told me about a struggle she has with some other personal trainer 
who seems to copy pretty much all of her social media content, even to the extent that she is uh, dressing up the same way and, uh, you know, filming the the same kind of uh, training videos uh, for Instagram, for example, that my PT does. So, you know, we've been following and, and talking about this for some time. Uh, and we've been wondering whether this person is a fan or a cheap copycat. The point here is that a strong brand is connected to both. So a strong brand can grow you a fan base who will adore you, who will want to advocate you, who want to look like you and be like you. And they become so inspired that they start to copy you. Now, they don't do this with bad intentions. It's out of the inspiration. But then you can, you know, a strong brand can also pull in these uh, cheap copycats who just want to, you know, take your exposure, you know, use your effort and time, copy it and, uh, you know, offer it because, you know, they weren't able to do their own thing. But the good thing about a strong brand is that it will save you also from these cheap copycats. It will also save you in the context of an employer brand. Without an employer brand, you are, you know, you can be just one of the mass unless you have that strong consumer brand that is pulling you out of the mass. Uh, The more competition there are in that talent landscape that you're trying to reach and trying to, you know, make a difference, trying to influence, the less company companies without a brand will be able to uh, stand out. So basically what happens, let's, you know, what happens when a, a, um, a product or a service doesn't have a brand, then you're going to obviously play with uh, the price. So who is the cheapest? So when, you know, a cheap copy, a cheap copycats will win when you don't have a brand. Uh, because you did all the work, so you need to put your price higher so that you can be profitable. When they copy yours, they didn't put in the work, they didn't put in the hours. So, you know, they will be profitable with uh, when they sell your thing, just cheaper. But strong brands will not need to compete. Not they Strong employer brands either don't need to compete. Their ideal audiences will choose them over others and what more commit to you regardless whether you have your ups or downs, your lows or highs. And they are not easily spoken for by any competition. I know especially here in Finland in the uh, software developer industry, uh, there are many uh, companies, many employers that are you know, willing to pay nearly anything to these software developers. But the thing is that if you are known as an, as an employer who will whose offer is based on the, you know, that I will always pay you more than somebody else. You will only pull in people that are interested in the money. And uh, what means that then the next company, when they offer them more money, they will leave again. The value of a strong employer brand is that it takes away the need to even talk about the money and compete with the money because there are so many other reasons for that person to commit to you uh, and uh, fight for you. uh, And um, it's not that much about the money. When you compete with that hygiene level, the price, the salary, you know, people will run after a new bargain all the time. 
A success with a strong employer brand looks like, for example, that you have a strong talent pool or, you know, a continuous stream of quality leads waiting to be hired by you. You have an audience speaking on behalf of you. They recommend you. They advocate you. They share your content and messages to their audiences, you know, giving you even bigger audiences. They stand up for you even when the sea is stormy. And quite often the sea might be stormy on social media. You will get better matching people, uh, you know, to your leadership style, your values, your culture, uh, the other people in your team. And uh, you will uh, gain employees who will work aside you, not really for you nor against you, but together with you. Oftentimes, you will also find yourself uh, getting um, employees that uh, are you know, willing to commit to you on, the, on a longer term. Your time to hire will be shortened. Uh, your uh, cost to hire will be lower. You don't need to spend that much time uh, in you know, opening up and, and uh, moving along with a traditional recruitment process, paying for job advertising that only reaches active job seekers. You will be faster uh, to onboard and uh, your new employee will sooner or faster be a fully productive part of your team. You will be able to pull and attract other talents like your current talents into your audience and therefore you know, increase and continue to grow the size of your committed audience. And uh, might I add, often this audience will include also your customers or future customers, not just those talents. These are some of the experiences that I have uh, when I've been doing employer branding for my business. What are your thoughts about these? Can you identify what type of HR marketing strategy your business might need? Or do you have a different opinion? Let's continue the chatter on socials. I'd love that. So where you can continue the chatter, either on LinkedIn, in my profile, when you find me uh, publishing this, or for example, on my Instagram account. Uh, this podcast has an Instagram account. You can find it at handle HR underscore podcast. All the episodes are published there. Also, my weekly Finnish ones, in case you are Finnish or you want to hear how that kobolegoo sounds or, you know, just to let you know that if you do follow the HR underscore podcast handle on Instagram uh, and uh, then bumped into Finnish content, Mondays it's Finnish and Wednesdays it's English. So welcome back next Wednesday to a new episode of Building a Modern Employer Brand. You can find the show notes of this episode at my blog at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 11. It's going to be moi moi until next week. Mm-hmm.